You hear all the bull about diet and exercise. Carbs are evil. Do more cardio. Never eat bread or cookies again. Just do a juice cleanse. We get it. We fell for all of the BS too. It's time to go right to the source with the truth about how to live a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. I am Liz. And I'm Becca. We are your nutrition educators and this is The Food Code. Hello, hello. Hello. What day is it? I don't fucking know. (laughs) (laughs) You guys, Becca and I are just sitting here having like the longest talk ever about random things, stress, mom life, holidays. So I just want to tell everybody out there, if you are feeling it and you feel like you want to just quit work at one o'clock, middle of the week and go lay on your couch, we are right here with you. And I would love to have also a gooey cinnamon roll. It's just like... I think the hardest thing is we love so much what we do. And so like, I can't not care about it. Yeah. You know, like I can't not stress over it. And I can't, it's just, it's too, it's too overwhelming. Some days we want to help all of the people and we just don't, you know, time is not infinite. Nope. <laughs> it is not. It is very precious. And so that's a lot of things that we're doing going into 2022 of, you know, evaluating mm-hmm. where the time is spent, things that we're working on that we can delegate. And so it's going to be an exciting time for us, but it's also overwhelming when you're being asked by your coaches or mentors to take a deeper look and an evaluation of your, your day to day. And I feel like we do a pretty darn good job of managing our time, but uh-huh. You know, Beck and I both, we've got little ones at home and I just like my son is home today. And every time I come downstairs, you know, he's like, mommy, mommy. And he's like in mom mode and he wants to play and just breaks my heart when I have to walk away and tell him like, mommy has to go back to work, you know, and uh, yeah, I just want to like bake cookies with him and zero calorie cookies, of course, (laughs) and drink hot chocolate that's zero calories too. And just, you know, chill. But it's also that time of the year. It's the... Dark. It's a stressful time. Freaking 5.08 last night is pitch black. I hate it. We play in our garage now. Yeah. Our garage is, and Carson's been very upset because Nick cleaned the garage this weekend. So there aren't any leaves for Carson to play with his toy leaf blower. Carson is obsessed with his toy leaf blowers. He has two of them. He has a toy weed whacker. He has like all of these things. And it's so funny because he's terrified of the actual leaf blower, mm-hmm. but he, he carries his around like it's attached to him. Um, and he's like, mama, there's no leaves in the garage. And I'm like, well, Dada, Dada cleaned them. And he's like, but I want them in the garage. And I was like, well, let's go get some from outside and bring them in the garage. <laughs> I'm sure Nick loved that. Um, by the way, what you posted on Instagram yesterday, I got to get one of those things. Um, so Becca posted this little sink because both of our boys, love Marcus would stay in the mm-hmm. sink for hours if I let him. And we would have a disaster of water everywhere. But she has this little toy sink. It looks like it's real running water, right? It's a battery thing that like just re, re, refiltrates the water through the faucet back into the bottom. So like the bottom part is filled with water and then it just pulls from that and goes into the sink and then there's a hole that goes back in the bottom. So at the end of the day, what I tell myself is like, it's just water, mm-hmm. you know, I can clean up water. It's mm-hmm. not like he's getting paint on the walls or like Sharpie anywhere. So I really don't have too much of a problem with it. Um, 
but and I usually let him play in the sink. The hard thing is the sink it just gets a little bit more messy. Um, so the, See, the my toy son sink would, is awesome. He would be pulling the hose out and like spraying <laughs> the entire kitchen. But yeah, I, I got to get one of those. Just had like a really interesting conversation with my mother in law because I showed her a couple things that I got Marcus for Christmas and a couple things that I put on the list to ask her for. She doesn't like any of them. She wants to get him a tricycle, and I was like, you know what? You do you. You just go ahead and get that tricycle, and I'll just return my stuff from Amazon. <laughs> oh. I have, so we had to create a list for Carson and I keep putting stuff on the list because all of our relatives keep buying everything. And I'm like, I, he doesn't need anything else. This is excessive. Like Mm -hmm. it gets to a place where like, I love my mother. She bought like seven things off the list and I'm like, just please. Now I don't know what else they put on the list. Like he has, I'm basically getting him repeats in different variations of like the same toy. (laughs) So that's so funny. Well, here's what I would do. I would give one or two of those if you got repeat ones to like a family in need. I'd put it in like mm-hmm. Toys for Tot or something because or yeah, return it and then put that. the money in college fund. I know, right? Just or our Amazon fund because yeah. that is neat. That is- <laughs> so Amazon recently has restructured their homepage. I don't know if you guys have seen this yet, if you have Amazon Prime, and it tells you by the month how much money you spent. Oh, so- fudge. <laughs> so I'm I going s- to look right now. <laughs> I saw it yesterday and I was like, what the heck do we spend $455 on this month? But it's just all those little things, you know, that add up. So mm-hmm. anyways, we're totally deviating. Where is it on the front page? I just on my app when I open it up. Oh, it's on your app? Okay. Yeah. I just go to like the website. I mean, you might be scared, so I wouldn't do it. It's kind of yeah. like that in the Starbucks card. But Beck and I are in budget mode, as we've told mm-hmm. a lot of you guys. And uh, I was telling her before we started this podcast, when I was visiting my sister, she had this new coffee. It's called Jot, J-O-T. And I just ordered it on Amazon. It's about half the price of Starbucks and it's a concentrate. So you can do it hot or you can do it cold. It mm. was so good. I, I mean, I have a nice coffee machine, so I usually just do that um, most days, but this was so good. So I got that. And then I got the new holiday edition of the Super Coffee Creamer, which is phenomenal so i've heard of the super coffee i haven't tried it yet the creamer is really good i personally don't love like the bottles of it i have to mix it with like just regular coffee it's too sweet for me but the creamer is really good Hmm. i waste so much coffee at home that's why i just don't i mean like (laughs) i lie to myself i'm like yeah i'm gonna drink coffee at home and then i make a cup and i take like three sips of it and then i throw the rest away I think we should have a coffee making class because, you know, I used to be a barista, so I could help you make it just the way Starbucks. I don't get anything exciting. I get an iced coffee with two stevia and light cream. Like you would think that I could just recreate that at home. It's not the same. I actually washed and rinsed my plastic Starbucks cup yesterday so that I could put my coffee that I have at home in it to make it feel more like Starbucks. So I might just start doing that. Yeah. My husband gets... buy the iced one. He gets so mad because I keep my plastic venti coffee starbucks cup and i reuse it and i'll drink water out of all day and he's like can you not like you have tumblers can you not with this i don't he doesn't understand i'm like i don't really have an explanation for you that is that is strong enough to win this argument (laughs) it's just a thing of mine so nick has realized that i have a really big paper towel problem like every time i wash my hands or do Mm -hmm. something in the sink i pull a paper towel out and the other night when we were making dinner it gets really bad if i'm like in the kitchen doing stuff Mm -hmm. and the other night he goes becca there are five different paper towels on the counters right now i don't know what they were all used for but you need to stop and i was like they all had a purpose i'm sure at some point 
have you seen those commercials right where they like rinse um, them off and then they squeeze them apart and then they lay them out and they reuse them that's my mother-in-law so she says this <laughs> she says i love my mother-in-law she says the same thing to me every time she's here because i'll be doing dishes and she's like you use an excessive amount of paper towels and then she also gets really mad at me because we don't have um tissues in our house i just never buy kleenex so she brings her own kleenex and i kind of feel bad i should get her some kleenex like in the house for christmas or something but it's hard not to because your paper towel holder is literally right by your sink and so for me to move across the kitchen to the actual mm-hmm. towel I mean, then I'm dripping water. So I'd rather just use a paper towel. And what I will do sometimes, and you probably do this too, if you dry your hands, like then I'll like wipe the counter off, you know? So it, it can just yeah. serve a dual purpose. Anybody else out there like have these weird quirks? Like Beck and I have all these weird quirks. And I think it's funny because no one ever really talks about these things, like especially on social media. This is one thing we're talking about more and more is like people that we follow, we send stuff back and forth to each other all the time. Like, where's the authenticity? Like, I love more and more the memes and the reels that are coming out from people just being super honest, super real, especially when it comes to their kids. Um, or like I saw somebody the other day, and, and this is just funny because I love to cook. And it's like the best part is when you don't have to um, wash the measuring cup because all you put in it was water. And so you just go right back to the drying rack. And I'm like, yeah, see, I do this too. Some other people, you know, would say that it's got to get washed or whatever. But um, anyways we digress. We're moving on. We're moving I'm on. Playing Starbucks for life. Game. You're playing Starbucks for life. I played it Apparently, this morning. <laughs> I, this is BS. Yeah. Because they want you to nothing. buy a drink in order to get an ornament and then you spin it and it's like a jackpot. You're never going to win. It's like the Mon- M- McDonald's it's monopoly. Like the, it's like the McDonald's monopoly, man. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. What you Anyways, need to do is okay. just delete the app sounds really harsh right now i'm gonna (laughs) pretend you didn't say that (laughs) well i'm just trying to help you out with your budget (laughs) okay okay we gotta talk about digestion that's what we're here for today guys not a (laughs) random banter okay so we need to talk about hcl's role in nutrient absorption because what a lot of people and we talk, we've talked about this before on podcast. What a lot of people don't realize is that a lot of gut situations, gut issues, symptoms, dis, you know, I'm trying to think of the right word. Dysbiosis, um, bacterial overgrowth, parasites. Yeah, basically like any diagnosis in terms of gut issues, a lot of it stems back to low hydrochloric acid. Yep. Same thing with like diarrhea, um, constipation, alternating constipation, diarrhea, which we call like dumping syndrome. A lot of that can be impacted by having too low of stomach acid, um, which is known as hypochlorhydria. A lot of big words in today's podcast, just to give you guys like a forewarning and Becca and I are exhausted. So don't judge (laughs) us today. Um, But yeah, it's super, super important. And the more and more that you look at you, like digestion and you look at what impacts your ability to actually break down, digest and absorb nutrients and be nourished. It all comes back to this root cause of HCL. Right. And so we want to kind of give you like a digestive system overview today. We're going to talk about the roles of HCL. We're going to talk about how you can, um, you know, support your body in breaking down nutrients and absorbing nutrients and preventing illnesses as well. Um, And it's important to know as we kind of dive into that, like, there's not just one function of HCL in the stomach. Um, There's several ways that this acid contributes to your digestion and keeps you healthy. So kind of what I was just mentioning, um, 
before I rudely interrupted Becca, was it can kill off and protect you from bacteria, pathogens, toxins, things like that that enter into your stomach, whether it's coming, you know, a parasite in a food, right? Or a bacterial that was um, not properly cleaned off, or maybe it's pesticides from things that you're consuming. And there's just a variety of things that can actually enter into our body that HCL is responsible for killing off and protecting us from. So it's really, really important. Um, but it also plays a huge role in, like I just mentioned, how we break down and absorb our food. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we want to kind of go through the digestive system. Before we dive into like how, why this is so important, we need to understand the bigger portion of like what does our digestive system kind of function like. So your digestive system is made up of several organs that come together to form what's called the gastrointestinal or like the GI tract, what most people know of. And your GI tract consists of your mouth, your esophagus, your stomach, small intestine, large intestine, liver, and pancreas. And each organ has basically a separate job and relies on a series of processes to complete its job. So digestion starts basically with the sight, sometimes even the thought or smell of food. Um, and when the brain anticipates this incoming meal, the vagus nerve sends a message to the stomach causing the release of acetylcholine. Okay. So the binding of acetylcholine to G cells in the stomach starts the secretion of gastrin. I know a lot of science here happening where we promise we'll bring it full circle. And in combination with acetylcholine and histamine, it stimulates Pareto cells in the gastric glands of the stomach and essentially starts secreting this HCL, this hydrochloric acid. So there's a lot happening that gets this HCL to start being secreted within the stomach. When you put food in your mouth, your teeth and your saliva start to break down that food. In our saliva, we have two gastric enzymes that start to break down starchy carbs and fats. So salivary amylase supports the breakdown of carbs and lingual lipase starts the breakdown of fats. Once you've chewed your food well, about 15 to 20 times, guys, count how many times you chew. People would be surprised. You guys, we are like wolves. We inhale our food. And so count, it should basically be like mush in your mouth before you swallow it. And once the food is swallowed and travels through your esophagus and into the stomach, it is mixed with these gastric juices that contain a large percentage of HCL, stomach acid or gastric acid. So from the stomach, once this food has been mixed with all of these different juices, it travels to your small intestine where it is mixed with more digestive juices that come from the liver and the pancreas. And then once the small intestine has finished its job, food moves on to the large intestine where digestion is completed. Then the waste products travel outside of our body through bowel movements. Although every single part of this process is important, the HCL in the stomach is a very vital component. So Lots of juices mixed, HCL included in that stomach, and that's where most of the breakdown tends to happen. So if we don't have adequate HCL, that's where it becomes a problem. Yep. So let's talk about the primary roles of HCL in the stomach. So HCL is accounting for about 50% of the total volume in your stomach. But there's also a couple of other things that are in your stomach in terms of acid, which are potassium chloride and sodium chloride. So stomach acid contains all three of these. And it's very important because they serve several purposes mostly associated with degrading protein. So breaking down, being able to turn your protein into amino acids, and then also breaking down polysaccharides so that they can cross the intestinal epithelium and allow your body to actually absorb the nutrients from the food. So fun fact, about two liters of HCL is produced by your body 
daily. And together, these substances will give your stomach acid a pH of around 0.5 to 3, which is almost as acidic as you can possibly get on the pH scale. But this range is actually very dependent upon factors such as your food intake, your stress levels, medications, supplements that you might be taking. Um, And when we look at when we're consuming food, that pH actually increases because as Becca kind of talked about earlier, when the body releases gastrin, that signals more um, HCL production. So when we're in a fed state, we're actually going to be a little bit higher on the pH scale from a four to a 6.7 because of that gastrin. Okay. Even though stomach acid is very, very acidic, it doesn't cause any harm to your actual stomach or the lining of your stomach because your body has other built-in mechanisms to protect that lining from being eaten away by the acid. Okay. So Mm -hmm. mucus cells, they are the most abundant cells in your stomach lining. And these mucus cells release mucus that coats your entire in lining of your stomach, your entire stomach. Okay, so the mucus doesn't just form a physical barrier to HCL. It also contains high volumes of something called bicarbonate, um, which helps neutralize that acid when it comes into contact with the stomach lining. So because of this kind of advanced biochemical system, we'll call it, right, the HCL in your stomach is able to perform its job, break down all of those you know, nutrients from the foods that you're consuming um, without actually hurting you, right? Because if, we, if you've ever looked at a pH scale and seen something that's super, super acidic, or let's say you've had heartburn, like you know how acidic this can be. It's not actually going to hurt you because of all of the other things that your body is doing through the digestive process to protect yourself and neutralize that acidity as it moves through the digestive tract. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the breakdown of protein because like we talked about, protein and polysaccharides are kind of the two big things that this HCL helps break down. So basically one of the major roles of the HCL is to help break down protein in the gut. Your stomach lining contains these like specialized cells, those peridial cells, that release stomach acid in the presence of food. Other cells in the lining of your stomach called chief cells secrete other important substances, one of which is called is pepsinogen. And when stomach acid comes into contact with this pepsinogen, it turns it into an active enzyme called pepsin. Pepsin pepsin is classified as a protease enzyme because it helps break apart the protein from the food you eat into its smaller component, which everyone mostly knows as amino acids. Your body isn't able to absorb whole proteins, but when they're broken down into amino acids, these amino acids can then travel through to your small intestine where they're absorbed and used to make other proteins that your body needs to stay healthy. Without HCL, pepsinogen would never turn into pepsin and your body wouldn't be able to effectively digest the proteins from the food you eat. On the other hand, without pepsin, HCL also wouldn't be able to break down protein on its own. This is why we need both of these and why we need this process and this function to happen so specially. And this is a sometimes an indicator for people that have like aversions to proteins or aversions to meat. A lot of times it is because of what is going on in the gut. It's not like, I just don't like meat. No, it's because your body isn't digesting and absorbing it very well. And so it's created this aversion to it. It's not like a mental thing, believe it or not. A lot of it stems from the gut health, but protein is not the only nutrient that relies on the presence of stomach acid. HCL also helps you absorb vitamins and minerals too. 
Yeah. So this is where we look at somebody who has, let's say the scenario here is like you've had a lot of heartburn um, and maybe you've been taking over-the-counter medication or you've been on a PPI and you we know that you have low stomach acid. We have a whole podcast on PPIs. We've talked about this before. But when we have low stomach acid, basically the body is not able to break down and absorb nutrients and even absorb things from you know vitamins and minerals so B12 specifically this is a really big one when somebody has low stomach acid they're typically deficient in B12 um, iron calcium and there's a lot of other vitamins as well that the body isn't able to actually shuttle into cells and utilize them properly because we don't have enough acid or because we're not consuming the foods right and the nutrients just aren't there um, but we know and we've talked about B12 several times in other podcasts it is an essential nutrient, and we find we mainly find this in animal-based protein-rich foods. And in order for us to get the maximum absorption of B12, it must be detached from dietary protein, which it's coupled in. Okay, so in order for your body to do this efficiently, it needs to have enough pepsin, which is activated only by HCl. So see how these things counterplay together. Okay, iron and calcium both rely on the acidity of HCl itself for proper digestion and absorption. And so there was actually a study done by the Therapeutic Advances in the Drug Safety, um, and they noted that iron and calcium need to be in an acidic environment to disassociate from the foods in which they occur so that your body can effectively absorb them and utilize them. And so because HCL is such a vital component in our digestion and absorption, people who take these PPIs, proton pump inhibitors, or medications that reduce the production of stomach acid, you are at a higher risk of developing these vitamin and mineral mineral deficiencies. Okay. And so this is something like we, we're going to do another podcast on trace minerals. I don't see any issue, you know, with taking trace minerals. We know that the way that our food is produced these days, the soil that it's grown in, the way that we grow our crops, like we don't get enough of the minerals that we used to years ago. And so taking something like a trace mineral, um, supplement in your water or just like a capsule each day can be very, very beneficial just to kind of fill those gaps. Even if you have a really high quality, high nutrient dense um, intake, you may still have some gaps here because of either low stomach acid or just because of the way that your food is grown. Yeah, absolutely. And this is something too that I want to just touch on because a lot of, I, I think that hopefully this craze has ended, but there was a really big craze around like the alkaline diet and like alkaline and acidity and all of these things because mm-hmm. people believe that you can change the pH level of your blood or whatever it might be um, with diet choices. You guys, the pH level in your stomach and the pH level in your blood is a very tightly regulated system. Like consuming alkaline water is not going to change anything. Your body's basically going to use the stomach acid that it has and re rebalance whatever level it feels it needs to keep. And so a lot of times people get caught up in like, you should not be eating acidic foods. Or I think there's a belief that cancer grows in an acidic environment. Um, no, the pH level that we need in our body is very specific and our body does a very good job of tightly regulating it. The biggest problem though, is when we end up with too low of stomach acid, And there's a number of things that can kind of cause that under eating, poor food choices, stress, aging, a lot of these things will cause this low stomach acid. Um, But at the end of the day, like we can't change the acidity or the pH level in our body. That's not, that's not something that our body does it it very tightly, right? You can become very sick (laughs) if your pH level changed. So um, I just wanted to tack that on because as we're talking about like pH levels and acidity and stuff like that, um, we need this to be tightly regulated and we need to support it with the right things. So 
Also, the current opinion in GI reporting notes that another function of HCL in the stomach is the ability to actually kill off microorganisms that may otherwise cause infection and disease. Um, so although your stomach is not an official part of your immune system, everyone knows that your gut has a lot to do with your immune system and the acidic environment that HCL creates makes it difficult for bacteria or viruses to survive. The acid comes with pepsin and lipase, another enzyme that helps your body break down fats to kill any pathogens that you may have ingested through contaminated food or contact with someone who is sick. Thus, helps us to reduce the risk of getting sick yourself. So in addition to warding off foodborne illnesses, the current opinion in GI reports that this may also prevent bacterial overgrowth, enteric infection, bacterial peritonitis, certain types of pneumonia, and tuberculosis infections. So not only does HCL like basically help keep you healthy by allowing you to digest and absorb proteins and other nutrients, it also acts as a very important defense mechanism. And we see this a lot with people that come to us with a lot of gut issues. It usually just continuously builds. Like it started with, I was having maybe some stomach aches or some acid reflux. And then it turns into, I have constant bloating and I have diarrhea or whatever it might be going on. Essentially, this is the byproduct of, we started producing less and less HCL within the stomach because of whatever may have happened, whether it be extreme diets that caused this to happen. It might've been you know, a lot of processed foods, poor diet choices, whatever was going on, caused this low HCL level. We're not digesting and absorbing nutrients. A lot of times we can end up with like gut dysbiosis or leaky gut, and then things start to have a better environment to grow within. And so we end up with bacterial overgrowth. We end up with parasites that our body's not warding off. And so it just turns into this trickle, trickle effect that a lot of it, believe it or not, stems from the acidity level in our stomach. Yep. And so what do we do if, you know, you're listening to this podcast and you're like, well, I don't know if I have, you know, proper amounts of HCL or I've been on a PPI or I have, um, you know, taken a lot of over the counter, you know, like Tums or things like that because of heartburn or acid reflux. Well, first and foremost, I would say you need to work with a professional and you need to work with somebody that can help you identify, you know, where the root cause is, uh, in terms of, you know, is it upper GI, is it lower GI, but we have to remember that it's a North to South process when we're talking about the GI system. Okay. So as we talked about in the very beginning, everything starts in your brain. Okay. So as soon as you start to look at food, you start to think about food, your saliva, your body starts creating some of these digestive juices in the saliva. And those are going to be the things that as you're chewing your food, start to already break down those starchy um, carbs and the fats as we kind of talked about in the beginning. And so being mindful, you know, getting yourself into a calm state, taking 10 deep breaths. We always talk about the parasympathetic state. That's your rest and digest. You really shouldn't be consuming food when you are like on the go being chased by a bear, right? You wouldn't just be like running down the street, eating a protein bar or drinking a protein shake. But that's essentially what we do in terms of how our nervous system perceives when we're eating fast or we're eating in a stressed environment, right? So step one here would be you know, slow down, take some, some big deep breaths, get into more of a calm state, chew your food. Well, again, as Becca said, hopefully it's like 15 to 20 times. I know that sounds extreme. Honestly, some people out there say that uh, we should be chewing upper of 30 times. That's a little bit gross to me. I'm going to be honest. I don't do that, but somewhere in the ballpark, I think of 15 to 20, depending upon, you know, what you are eating, of course, um, drink water away from your foods as well. So I know some people will sit down and they'll be at a restaurant consuming like three or four big glasses of water or big glasses of, let's say, 
iced tea or Diet Coke or whatever it is, that liquid is actually going to start to dilute the digestive enzymes that are being produced to help you break down your food. So you can have some water, of course, or some liquid, but I would say no more than like four to six ounces with your meal and try to keep it away from your meal. Um, you know, you can always look at um, supplementing too. I would say the safest things that are kind of more natural that you could experiment with would be a tablespoon or so of apple cider vinegar um, that can help or lemon water as well. Celery juice that can also help. Um, all of these things are going to help your body stimulate more HCL production. They're not actually going to raise HCL on its own. They're just going to stimulate your body to create more HCL. Um, if you need to, you can always add in a digestive enzyme. Enzyme. I love the Enzymax Pro. I've spoken about that several times. It does have a little bit of HCL in it. Um, I actually started adding on trace minerals. I just order them um, online. I take the capsules. I also have the trace mineral drops in my water that I could do. Um, the capsules are just easier for me. So those are pretty safe. But again, I don't know your situation. I'm not telling you to take digestive enzymes. Everybody is going to be you know, in a different place in terms of they can probably fix a lot of the stuff for their lifestyle first, right? We can reduce stress. We can sleep more. We can change our quality of food. Um, again, we can naturally stimulate production of HCL by slowing down, chewing your food. You know, you have, again, digestive enzymes in your saliva, and most people don't think about this. And when you're not chewing your food well and you're inhaling it, you're basically putting a big stress on your gut because now you're putting it into a stomach that doesn't have enough acid already and you're expecting that it's going to break down those foods. So like when we th think about this, like when you see large particles or like undigested food in your stool, that's a, a pretty telltale sign that like A, you ate too fast. B, your stomach wasn't able to break down the food particles that you swallowed and turn it into chyme, which goes into the small intestine to then be absorbed. And so it just passes it you know, on right through you. So those are some of the just tips that you can kind of take away in terms of like the lifestyle. But again, if you're struggling with, you know, severe digestive issues or heartburn or back and forth constipation, diarrhea, whatever that looks like for you, a lot of bloating, a lot of gas, then maybe you need to work with somebody. Maybe you need to, you know, identify the root cause here and make some changes. First and foremost, as we always say, is lifestyle. Um, and then we can look at supplementation if we need to. We usually recommend digestive enzymes for most of our clients, but not all of our clients. So it's very individualized. All right. I think we covered everything. Um, if you guys have any questions about HCL, I don't know, Becca, if you had anything you want to add, but I think we covered everything here in terms of, you know, hopefully you guys understand it's really important. If you want to be nourished, like you can have a great, intake of food. But if you're not actually able to absorb it, you're malnourished. Yeah. I think the only thing that I would add, and I, I, I was good with, you know, wrapping it up there, but I think the only thing I will add is if you are on some type of acid blocker, um, because of the belief that, you know, your acid reflux, your heartburn, whatever is caused by high acid levels, and you want to get off of them because in our, they should not be taken for your lifetime. They just shouldn't. It makes situations worse. Um, it doesn't solve the underlying problem. And so we always tell people like you need to titrate off of those. You cannot just stop them cold because it will make it much, much worse. And anyone that's tried to stop, you know, omeprazole or pepsin or whatever it is like cold turkey knows this. It, you, it comes back with a vengeance because of certain mechanisms that have been overrun by the medication. And so 
if you are looking to go off of that, talk to your doctor. But I rec I always recommend like titrate off of it, titrate down, go to every other day, go to, you know, a, only once a day, if you're doing multiple times, like you need to go slowly off of that because you will, you will experience even worse symptoms than when you went on it with. And so there, there needs to be a solution to the underlying problem. We cannot just continue to band-aid it with supplements. Um, and honestly, like rebuilding your stomach acid takes some time. It takes mm -hmm. some time. It takes some trial and error. And unfortunately it's a process. It's not something that you can just take this supplement and like all of a sudden things are going to be improved. So know that you're in it for, you know, a period of time, it will be a journey, but you should be able to get to a place where you can consume foods normally and not have the constant fear that I'm going to have this acid reflux, that I'm going to have this heartburn, that I'm going to have these digestive system issues. Um, so there is a, an option on the other side of the journey. Um, that is a much better place, but we have to be ready to take that process, you know, and dig, dig in our heels with it because it is, it is not always an easy one. And it's sometimes, you know, there's some symptoms that pop up. So building back stomach acid though, can help solve a lot of other things like nutrient deficiencies and all, you know, the gut issues a lot of people deal with. Yep. Awesome. All right, guys, we'll be back on Wednesday. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to The Food Code. If this episode resonated with you, please share, rate, and review as this helps us reach others around the world. With that, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Love you guys.